Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the Knit British podcast. Knit British loves to support wool that's been grown, spun or dyed in the UK and encourages you to love your local wool too. On this journey, exploring all the connections of Britishness in wool and knitting, I am your host Louise Scully. This is the last podcast of 2015, so grab a whip, grab a festive drink and let's get going. Today, the Knit British podcast is totally and utterly dedicated to each and every single Knit British listener over the last year and since the inception of the podcast and is brought to you with lots of love and festive cheer. Hello, I cannot believe that this is the last episode of 2015. It seems like no time at all since episode 18 in January when I was chatting to Carrie Westerman and looking back over 2014. It's incredible how fast this year has moved and how much has happened in that time. Hello and welcome and thank you if you are listeners who have tuned in all of this year or since the beginning of the podcast or even if this is just your first time joining us. How are you all doing? I hope that you're not running around like blue-arsed festive flies trying to get the last Christmas accoutrements and shopping done. And if you are, let's put all those things firmly to one side for half an hour or so. Half an hour, who am I kidding? No festive crazy time in this zone. Thank you very much. It's the last episode of the year and I'm going to leave all my looking back nostalgically over the last year for the first podcast of 2016 because I'm hardly feeling festive so I'm not really feeling in the mood to be looking back yet. Uh, But today we have news of an exciting cow for 2016 with Knit British and Brit Yarn. I'll have my comical rundown on how not to record a podcast some breeds watch along chat and some festive greetings from you but firstly a bit of housekeeping uh, the small gestures swap if you have signed up for that you have now been paired up so please do go to your partner's queue and give them a pattern from their wish list by christmas eve thank you to the 66 people who wanted to take part in uh, this swap and really joined in with the spirit of the thing. A very Merry Christmas to all of you who took part and I hope everyone enjoys their patterns. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas! One of the questions I often get asked is how do you make a podcast and what goes into it? And I always say that the most important thing for me, particularly for me, is that when I sit down with the microphone, I imagine or feel like I'm sitting down to chat with a group of like-minded folks. And truly, I do imagine this. And I, and I, you know, I have notes and prompts to move through things uh, that I want to talk about. But generally, for me, I feel like I'm probably just the most talkative show-and-tell person at a knit group. And that's when I do the podcast. So, so, yeah. But what you don't usually get to hear is when I make mistakes and when things don't quite go to plan or 
um, the things that get cut out of the show. And mostly that's my own hesitations. I do a lot of erms, but uh, I tend to keep them in, uh, most of them in now. I can't be bothered to take them out even though I can sort of recognise their shape in the sound editing packages before I even listen to them, I know that it's a uh, so I tend just to leave them in now. Uh, but, ah, uh, 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 see, ah, uh, other days recording the Net British podcast is a bit like a comedy of errors. So here are my tips for what not to do when podcasting. Number one. When grabbing a drink and a whip at the start of the show, ensure that you, as the host, do not also grab a snack. Grab a drink and let's go. It's just not polite, really. A drink is one thing, but this podcaster will now remember to leave the cookies out of the show from now on. Number two, pronunciation, pronunciation, pronunciation. It happens to the best of us stumbling over our words and it happens to me all the time. I am always stumbling over my words in normal speech. Sometimes there are particular words or phrases that I just cannot get purchase on. And on this journey through all connections of British knit, and on this journey, through all the connections of <laughs> although it has been a very popular year, very popular, a very popular year. I can't say it. It has been a very popular yarn this month. The the shredding, no, the shredding nanas. That's awful. The knitting, the the knitting shed. No. The nana knitting. The shreddy knitting nanas. Number three is simple. Do not insult dyers and yarn companies by saying inappropriate things about the names of their yarn or their colourways. There is the natural colourway, which is a beautiful cream colour. And finally, there is the misty woods, um, which sounds like a porn name. Better not put that in there. (laughs) I'll cut that bit. Apologies to Eden Cottage Yarns for that particular one. When you write your prompts, ensure that you use clear writing. Knit British is delighted to be sponsored by Brit Yarn. Brit Yarn... Hmm, what does that say? Oh my god, I can't read my own writing. And on the subject of clear writing, when holding live draws, ensure your writing is legible so that when the winning name is drawn by your glamorous assistant, he can read the name. E. Lilith? <laughs> e. Lilith? <laughs> no, et, et, e. Lilith. <laughs> Elethea? Yeah, that's. Say yeah. it again. Elethea. No, say it like you're just drawing it. Elethea. Utterly seamless, I'm sure you will agree. This is how that was cut. And the winner is... Elethea. And although this is a knitting podcast, the last one sometimes applies. 
and that is don't try to knit anything complicated whilst recording a podcast. Lots of exciting things. Uh, came on your one, two, three. Slip on. Did I knit that one? Ah, <laughs> uh, that was fun. Um, there's nothing like being able to send yourself up. And I think if you have the ability to laugh at yourself, then you won't go too far wrong. Don't ever take yourself 100% seriously, please. I have been saving those over the last year and I'm sure there will be more to come. Talking about having fun and not being serious in the slightest, I want to preface the next section with a musical interlude. No, it's not Jess from Ginger Twist Studio who'd recorded that jingle impromptuly one day. When my lovely woolly mucker Felix Ford allowed me to use some of her recorded bass in the last couple of episodes for festive effect, I kind of, well, I kind of went a bit further than just sleigh bells. <laughs> um, I mainly use the free music archive for music on the podcast and the tune that you hear at the start of the podcast is usually by a chap called Kevin McLeod and it's called Carefree and if you don't normally listen to the beginning of the podcast this is what that sounds like and Carefree is a pretty good description of what I am referring to with not taking yourself too seriously and there's a lot of the Carefree about the Net British podcast so not so long ago I was looking for some festive music to use for the last podcast of the year. And I came across Kevin MacLeod's version of a Christmas classic. And while I was listening to it, I thought, this can only be made better by some sheep. <laughs> and so I took a section of Felix's recording of uh, Margaret and Amy Black's Ruffell Sheep in the Lake District at Kenmere, which Felix had recorded munching on hay bales. And I love, if you listen to just that track that you can hear so many individual bars uh, of individual sheep. It's really quite lovely. And I took a section of this and I just plopped it very willy-nilly styly into the piece of music that I had found at the Free Music Archive. And it just so happened that it just sounded so well together, uh, mixed together. And um, so, dear listeners, as a Christmas treat, with thanks to Felix Ford and Kevin MacLeod, I bring you the dance of the sugar plum ruffles.
Very, very musical sheep. I hope you were imagining them ballet dancing as well because that's that's where my mind went. I really hope that you enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed uh, the ridiculous festive pleasure of making it, as I said, in that very willy-nilly style. Many thanks to Felix. Uh, and if you're interested in hearing more of her sheepy recordings, please go to soundcloud.com forward slash Nitsonic to hear some more. Now, on the subject of of Christmas, etc., how are you all doing? I can really struggle with the festivities. I think I've spoken about this before. And to be really honest, I can find it hard with my anxiety. Christmas shopping can be a big stress and it really does cause a lot of worry at this time of year. We don't do a big family day stuff, um, so my sort of anxiety levels are down for that. But the festive season can just be less than festive for lots of us and it can be a long, lonely week between Christmas and New Year and before things can sort of get back to normal, that sort of 10-day period really, you know... We're starkly reminded about the people that we've lost this year, any year really. There's definitely an empty chair around lots of tables this year and definitely ours too. And of course, <laughs> we're reminded that it's the season of peace and goodwill and one year, you know, is closing and it's a closing of a chapter before the opening of a new one. And regardless of that sort of festive positivity and cheer and chocolate oranges and Christmassy movies and all the best seasonal greetings, it can still be tough. And, you know, if you find it hard, if you're on Twitter, there's a really great hashtag called Join In, which was founded by incredible funny lady Sarah Milliken four or five years ago, I think. There's a lot of great chat on there and, and it can really help to lessen loneliness and sorry the podcast is now rubbing herself up against the microphone <laughs> um you're making it you're making a mockery of this serious bit that i'm doing jeremy <laughs> so the hashtag join in is really great um and it's good to you know if you you want to feel part of something and and if you can you know reach out somehow via twitter then then please do that with that great hashtag and of course crafting is a lovely way and a mindful activity of of spending time and that can help take you out of a low and I always feel you know the week between Christmas and New Year is so long and you know that can sort of drag you down as well and so I try and make make sure that every boxing day I cast something on to get me through the week now a couple of years ago that was the tree rings blanket which took 10 months to get finished (laughs) last year it was mama vertebrae and that took me six months to finish Um, but it's just really nice to have different focus there are we, we've all got loads of whips but it's nice to start something new uh, just put a focus on on yourself and your knitting in what can be a long quiet and for some a lonely week while there's not much movement there's not much happening if you feel similarly to that that you need something to sort of help pull you through that festive week why not consider going to your stash right now and just pulling the skein of something 
just putting your hand in, pulling something out and finding something to cast on with it for a Boxing Day project. I bet you you've got things in your queue or your library that you haven't yet knitted. So it's, you know, it's nice to plan a new project. And I had a few items on my list. I had specifically a little list of items I'd like to cast on on Boxing Day. But I've decided to go with Catchy Frankel's Jagger Shawl, which has just been released. It features a beautiful border of diamonds and mesh lace, which is knit first, and then the centre is knit from the from the border to the neck. And it's a lovely crescent shape. It looks like it'll be really nice TV knitting. I love how it looks so very gauzy and drapey and as I said, I think it's perfect for TV knitting, but it's got lovely interest in that border. And I love that the diamond pattern, the mesh lace sort of makes a sort of hourglass effect, which is kind of aptly, you know, knitting your festive time into something beautiful. And the yarn calls for one skein of a four ply, and that that I can definitely do. <laughs> um, I'm quite sure I have a few to choose from. And while I am definitely not interested in starting a cowl for this, please feel free to cast on a Boxing Day project too. As I say, it's not a cowl. I just don't have the energy for a cowl at Christmas. I'm really, really sorry. I, you know, as much as I've just said that it can be a lonely week and a quiet week and a long week, I just don't have the energy to be online and hosting a cowl. Um, uh, I'm, I'm kind of even not sorry about that but at the same time if you fancy doing a festive cast on then just know that there's someone else out there who's casting on on Boxing Day along with you and there are more actually because I, when I told Katya that I was going to be knitting her shawl she said well maybe I'll cast on that shawl too so um, you can cast on absolutely anything you want. If you want to cast on the Jagger shawl, I will put the links in the show notes so that you can find it. It uh, costs £3.50. And uh, as I say, who hasn't got a skein of four-ply somewhere in their stash? And imagine, you know, when you're casting on that shawl, imagine the other people who might be casting on this festive season and, and you know, feel feel part of that. And if you want to start a chat thread in the Knit British Ravelry group, you are more than welcome to do that. Feel free to 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 use a hashtag if you want festive cast on, if you're going to be online or on social media. You don't have to feel the festive funk. You can just cast on a brand new spanking project and get your favourite festive movie and treats um, and just cast on. But again, it's not a cal. It's not a cal. Um, another reason that it's not a Christmas cowl is because very soon into the new year, myself and Isla of Brit Yarn are planning a cowl, which I will tell you about just in a few minutes, which is quite exciting. But whatever you do this Christmas, whether you decide to have a festive cast on or if you're feeling, feeling the Christmas blues, then I hope that you can reach out to someone. I hope that you use that fantastic join-in um, conversation on Twitter to feel part of something and I wish you the very best uh, from the bottom of my heart. 
I mentioned a cowl there, an actual cowl, as opposed to a festive cast on. And in the new year, myself and Isla from Brit Yarn are teaming up again to host a cowl which celebrates the natural sheepy and fibre rainbow out there. I did a series of posts last month on how natural gradients, ombres and other uses of natural shades can be incredibly striking and just as playful as choosing dyed colours and dyed shades. Lots of you loved these posts and some of you even said you could sort of move past the beige brown phobias to try out some natural combos. So that sort of spurred us on and Isla being purveyor of fine British rules, we just thought it, we should team up and encourage and enable some projects with, that show flair and pizzazz for natural colours in that way. And so we are going to be bringing you the nature's shades along. The cowl casts on on January the 14th. There is no sign up thread this time. We're kind of streamlining things a little bit uh, because it's early in the new year and we don't really want to give too many tasks to do or change chat threads around every week and all that kind of stuff that we've done before which worked fine but as I say it's early in the new year let's streamline things a wee bit so there will be chat in the Knit British group and a finished object in the Brit Yarn group on Ravelry so to take part all you need is to cast on on January the 14th with a project any project that you like at all uh, but it must be a design that you can wear. So no mug cozies or tea cozies or anything. So socks, shawls, hats, mitts, cardies, whatever. The sky's the limit in terms of pattern choice. You must use at least three natural shades. It can be 100% uh, wool, i.e. sheep's wool. You could use alpaca, you can use mohair. You could really go wild and crazy. You don't need to go for a design that is already in natural shades. You can also really play with transmuting colour designs and go in grayscale. The yarn, again, needs to be natural shades. So no dyed blacks, no dyed greys. And if you're in the UK, we want you to use UK grown wool. And pretty sure Isla can help you out with that. <laughs> a Brit yarn. If you don't live in the UK, you can still use British wool or wool that's local to you. And if you've been taking part in the Breed Swatch Along, you will now already have a good idea of what is local to you. And this would be a, a great opportunity to use those wools you've been discovering in the Breed Swatch Along in a project. As I said, you need to use at least three natural undyed colours. There's no stipulation on how much of those three you use. So you could, you know, you could be using small amounts, you know, if, if you want, if you're a bit worried about playing with colour. And you can really go wild with those colours. So gradients, ombres, monochrome. Uh, I am thinking that I might do a Drakenfels by Melanie Berg in black alpaca, white mohair and grey Gotland. But that's only one of the that's only one of the choices I've made. I also have in front of me um, natural lace weight from Jimsons of Shetland in about four colours. So I have a lot of natural British wool. It's also an opportunity to think outside the box a little bit. You're, so you're not tied to a pattern. And although your yarn must be natural and undyed shades, you can go with any wool or fibre that you want. You can do it in any combination. 
Remember, we're not just talking creams and browns. There is an incredible palette of natural shades. Look at, think of the nine shades of natural shades of Shetland wool. Think of the different hues of grey you can get from pale silver to charcoal. You know, as much as this can be an exploration of natural shades, it can also be an exploration of natural textures and breeds and types of fibre too. So the cal ends on the 19th of March and if you're going to Edinburgh Yarn Festival, we really want to see you there with your Nature's Shades Along project. Isla and I are going to host a little meetup there, so we really hope that if you're planning a trip to Edinburgh Yarn Festival, you will consider casting on with us in this cal. I'm going to put all the details in the show notes at knitbritish.net forward slash ep hyphen 50. We'll also have a little social media knit night in the middle of the cal. And we're also going to have a couple of prizes too. We're going to have two really lovely goodie bags up for grabs. And so for those of you who have finished your object on the 19th of March and you've posted in the Brityarn group your finished object, by that date, you will be in with a chance of winning a nice prize too. We're super excited about this. We hope that you are too. Start your pattern shopping, getting over to Brityarn start scoping out your natural shades, how you might play with those colours. I mean, like I say, just think about how many natural shades there are out there. Think of all the dark shades that you could use. Warbles, Black Welsh Mountain, Shetland Black, Shetland Murat. There is such a range in each shade. You know, it's not just brown and cream and beige or fawn. There is such a range within natural white, within black, within grey, within within the browns that you can really go a bit wild with this cal. There's no curtailment of your creativity here whatsoever. I'll open a chat thread soon. Remember, don't look for a sign-up thread. If you cast on on January the 14th, you're in. And we really look forward to you joining in with the Nature's Shades Along. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Uh, Breed Along is a nice um, segue after that. If you've been taking part in the Breed Along, as I said, you might be now interested in trying out some of those breed wools in a larger project. And for a lot of you out there, you probably have odds and ends of balls of yarn, which might work fantastically well in a larger project altogether. The Breed Along is going great guns and... I realised this week that um, last time I mentioned that I'd reviewed the chopped ginger teas water and actually I only really alluded to it. I haven't reviewed it and so I thought that I would tell you all about my teas water swatch as I have just finished my review notes. So the teas water is one that was given to me by Sarian Lehrer of Chopped Ginger, the wool project that you have definitely heard me talk about before. Sarian is working with small producers throughout the UK and having the yarn spun at the border mill to create single breed, single flock yarns. And these are really special. I have reviewed her, the Wensleydale. I did a periscope about it a while ago as well. And I knit the Chamomile Hat by Claire Devine. It's an incredible, incredibly soft Wensleydale. This is the Tease Water, which it's an iron weight. This is also available in fingering and double knit. It's wool category. Tease Water is categorised as a, as a luster wool. 
it came in it comes in a hundred gram skein and for the iron weight that's about 125 meters i think i don't have the ball band in front of me um it's worsted prepared and in the hand squish grab of the skein it was lanoliny and soft and shiny i was really struck by the incredible ply it made me think of a thick spun silk the yarn is really pretty the ply has silky long fibers um incidentally uh micron count for teaswater is is about um 28 to 35 dependent depending on on the breed uh for those of you who don't like wool that prickles jet as a general rule of thumb anything over 30 in the micron count is a is has a, a fiber that doesn't bend as much so anything under 30 of a micron count the the fibers are are very bendy and soft anything over that and certainly in the higher numbers you get fibers that aren't so easily bendable and those are the ones that you feel prickling against your skin i would say that this particular tease water is below 30 i would have thought for reasons i'll tell you about as we go through my initial thoughts on the use of this yarn was i want to cast on all the things i was really struck by the colour of the yarn. It's got an incredible creamy golden hue and it feels soft and I love how those long soft fibres make a beautiful halo along the ply of the yarn. I was just really, really enamoured with, with the yarn in the skein. I cast on 35 stitches on 4.5 millimeter needles and I used quite a simple lace. I started off knitting a couple of rows of garter and then I knit quite a simple lace repeat and then I wanted to sort of see how it would also look with cables so I did a very simple cable in the middle of the swatch and finished up with um, the lace again and a couple of rows of garter and my finished swatch is 8 inches by 7.5 I don't know why <laughs> it's not quite square but who wants to be square um, <laughs> um, while I was knitting with it the yarn through my fingers just felt like rustic silk and I was really struck by the fact that the yarn has a really firm ply and Although it's a soft yarn, it's a much firmer and stronger yarn than it, than it looks. The ply holds the yarn together beautifully and it just sort of reminds me of a silken cord uh, and knitting with it. I, can, I felt that lovely lanolininess, waxiness, creaminess, so it knitted very smoothly. And it also shed very little and I attribute that to the spin as well because there are a lot of long fibres in this yarn um, and I expected it to shed. Not that that has any bearing on if I buy a yarn or not, whether it sheds, um, because a lot of yarn does shed, but I think it's that lovely firm ply. Before I washed the swatch, it was, it felt creamy. I'm sorry, I'm stroking it. I hope you hear all this kind of strange noises I'm at. it's a very strokeable swatch um the unwashed swatch felt creamy and gently crisp ever so gently crisp 
and again that natural colour just looks like sort of spun gold. Um, very, very lovely swatch and I've got it written down here, very tactile and as I've just said, I can't still can't help stroking it. Um, I did the wash block and wear test and in the first wash, the swatch really tightened up in the water and I was really worried that it was going to felt or change dramatically. It did not. It really did not. I blocked it to the dimensions and... Um, I left it to dry for a few days and I, when it was dry I wore it up my sleeve and I can say that it felt really quite luxurious next to my skin. It had an ever so slight initial sort of whisper of a prickle and I think that's due to that surface of very fine fibres but then I totally forgot that it was there after a while and I would say that there was no discernible change to the fabric after that first wash block and wear. It didn't the swatch didn't shrink too much and it's really kept that lovely luster and that golden hue. I did a second wash test a good few weeks later. I took actually took this swatch with me to uh, the Queen of Pearls a few weeks ago where I had some British wool swatches and lots of people were very interested in, in this one and again liked stroking it and thought it was quite an extraordinary uh, yarn. So when I washed it the second time again it totally tightened up in the water and Again, I was really worried because this is a really drapey, soft yarn. And it's a very lovely, soft, you know, similarly piece of fabric. And when it went in the water, whether it was the water and those long fibres, I don't know, reacting, but it just, it tightened up. It just, it wasn't even like it had felt it. It just, it was just like all those fibres... Uh, contracted in the water and became it became another piece of fabric in the water completely different but again I didn't need to worry because when it came out and it dried it was fine I blocked it to dimensions again I think I left it for about a week because I kind of forgot about it so unblocked it unpinned it and this time I wore it on my shoulder tucked into my bra strap um, that's a sensitive area around your neck and um, your shoulders. The skin is slightly different and so did not feel it at all. In fact, I totally forgot that it was there until the evening when I went to put my pyjamas on. I also pinned the swatch the next day to my clothing underneath my arm as that is where I experience quite a lot of pilling on woolen garments because I cross my arms a lot, I move my arms a lot, I'm, I'm typing, I'm knitting, you know, um, so I, I pinned it on there to see if there was any change and I wouldn't say there was any discernible change, there was a little more fluffing perhaps of the long fibres uh, of the halo of this swatch but there's nothing discernible like a pill and nothing like felting or anything like that um, and I have you know put cardigans on that I've just blocked and you know that day there are, there are there are pills under the arms so I was quite impressed by that. The yarn is still incredibly lustrous it's retained that golden creamy natural hue and I again I'm seriously impressed with this yarn. Uh, final assessment and the feel of the Aran Tease Water is very special indeed. I do think it is totally unique to other Tease Waters I've knit with. Quite often you find Tease Water 
in quite a lean spun yarn and I find this plumpy and really incredible, squishy, resilient, soft are some of the words that I used and incredibly durable and strong as well as soft and silky. Thoughts on the life longevity and uses for this wool? Well, the stitches that I did in the light lace as well as in cable and garter are well defined, very pretty. I think that the spin on this particular yarn has been created to make the very best of this single breed and that it will be really well suited to most garments, particularly those next to the skin. And it's quite nice because, you know, in the beginning I said I really wanted to cast on all the things in this yarn and I do think that this would be a yarn that would lend itself incredibly well to be cast on and all the things. Um, I love the halo. I love the fact that it's really, really soft. I can imagine that if I ever needed a security blanket or a comforter, this is what I would want. And I think a blanket made in this would just be gorgeous. Um, and, and, and hat. Last episode I told you that Sarian has created hat kits with this yarn and it's also available in dyed colours. But as far as swatch along goes, I am, yeah, I'm incredibly impressed with this yarn and would love to see more of it. Um, what Sarian is doing with the wool project is incredible to highlight this and show exactly how a very unique and incredible hand knitting yarn can be made. I've said this before, oh, I'm going into a rant mode now, but I've said this before that there is need for education on in all sides of the wool industry. Um, we need to be more understanding of what's out there and what's available. But small producers need to be aware of what we as knitters and crafters want. And this is a classic uh, and very unique, unfortunately, example of how one person has taken their passion for wool and has gone to small producers and worked closely with them to create a yarn with a mill. The, the resulting yarn shows a, f a passion for where that wool has come from. It also shows skill in creating a wonderful hand knitting yarn that knitters are going to love. And I just think that we should be doing more of this in this country. There should be more of this going on and more of these relationships being fostered where people are working together to create something very, very special indeed. It's not like we don't have enough uh, sheep in this country to do that. It's just a case of the right people and more mills and more concentration and effort being put into creating something really special for people who love their yarn and want to create something special with that. That was a lot more than I meant to say on the subject. Ooh. <laughs> For the purposes of the bead swatch along, uh, this is chopped ginger, aran, tea's water, and it is limited edition. And so if you're interested in buying some, you should go to www.chopginger.com and get your hands on some of this incredible yarn. If you're interested in trying teas a tea's water yarn for the first time, there are a few out there. I would suggest trying them all. They all have great properties, but this is possibly the softest and silkiest um, that I have ever used. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas! I asked on uh, social media this week 
if anybody wanted to give out any special festive greetings on uh, the Knit British podcast to their friends or to other Knit British listeners. And I thought it would be nice to do this as a different kind of hellos section. So... Um, via the magic of Instagram and Twitter and Ravelry, I've got quite a few lovely uh, mentions. The first festive wish comes from Lacey to my Cagney, which I received in an email yesterday. Hi Louise, and you and yours, and happy Christmas, and a very happy new year to everybody in Knit British land. From the Lacey to your Cagney, Keithness Craft Louise. So all the best for 2016. Thank you so much, Louise, for that. I, I loved getting that in, in an email. It was a real surprise. Nick from Yarns on the Plane says, I'd like to wish UK craft podcasters and my lovely customers a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Nick. Linda Unger, who says, Cheers, love the podcast. Have a Merry Christmas and a wild and crazy New Year. Thank you so much, Linda. Melder says, have a lovely festive season. I love your podcast too and always listen on the way to work. Thank you so much, Mel. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, Woolen Word, who is Amelia, who says, happy Christmas to wool lovers everywhere. May all your woolly dreams come true and particularly cosy season's greetings to Wild and Woolly and all who shop in her. Hello to Wild and Woolly and all who shop in her from me too. Tilly Trout says, Merry Christmas. I hope Santa remembers to wear his wooly vest and undercrackers when he ventures out on Christmas Eve. Do you know what, Tilly Trout? I don't think he's going to need them because it's been ridiculously mild, hasn't it? Ridiculously mild. I know there's quite a few of you, who, uh, me included, who are sort of missing the, the cold a little bit this Christmas. We've got a message here from Too Many Hobbies Girl on Ravelry who said, Hi Louise, you called for messages and I would like to take this chance to offer a heartfelt thank you to you and all the great, hardworking, educating and entertaining podcasters who put so much love, time and commitment into giving us this fabulous service. I listen and I think that might be fun to do, but I know I would not have the commitment or content to do this month after month, week after week. We are all given an inkling of what happens backstage to bring podcasts to us. Well, you've definitely had an inkling in this episode with all my mistakes. I love them all, both UK and US podcasters. To think they're all free, done for the love of fibre. Again, thank you and long may your skin keep unravelling. <laughs> and that's from Roz, who is too many hobbies, girl. Thank you so much, Roz. Uh, Carrie Westerman says, could you give a shout out to Knit British regular listener Christina Estrup, who is Stina Est on Twitter. She is my bestie. We live in two different countries and I miss her every single day. And that's love from Carrie. Knits and Quilt says, Merry Christmas. I've been binge listening and have listened to 32 episodes in the last couple of weeks. My God. Like... <laughs> That is dedication for you. I'm not sure what I will do when I'm caught up loving the podcast. I'm inspired to find out more about local to me breeds, which shouldn't be hard in New Zealand. If I win the lotto, I will be at Edinburgh Iron Festival next year too. Oh, that's great. We hope you win the lottery. Uh, Jubble66 says, A Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all. My interaction in the Knit British Ravelry group has been a bit sporadic but remains special to me and the hap-along is one of my knitting highlights of the year. I stumbled across your podcast about 12 months ago and Lyra, you have changed the way I think about yarn. Wishing you all the best for 2016 on oh, you too, Jubble66. 
Jane Moxie says, Merry Christmas to you and all new knitting buddies on Ravelry. Thanks for the hap-along which got me into the joys of the online knitting community via Ravelry. Oh, thank you, Jane. That's lovely. Uh, Barbara Sutton, or Sutton Barbara, says, Merry Christmas to my good friend, Carrie Palethorpe. Hope you feel better soon. And Merry Christmas and to Carrie from me as well. I met Carrie at uh, Shetland Wool Week and it was lovely to meet you there and see your glorious hap. Uh, Fluff Shop, which is Leona uh, in Dundee, wants to shout out to all my fluffy peeps because they're awesome and so are you. Sylvie Labelvie says, can I wish all my crafty friends, old and new, a merry, merry Christmas. Love to all. I feel so grateful to be part of such a wonderful community. Thanks to all for the fab first few months of running a business and I shall see you all in the new year. And Jenny Reed says, wishing everyone a festive season filled with fibre and a peaceful new year. I just want to extend my thanks and my Christmas wishes to absolutely everyone who's taken time to listen to the podcast, to read the blog posts, to tweet, to connect on Ravelry, to reviewing the podcast on iTunes and I just, I can't, I can't tell you what it means to me. I just thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I hope that all of your festive wishes come true and that you have a very amazing 2016. That is it for this episode and for this podcast for 2015. I will be back soon in 2016 with much more and I can reveal to you some of the things I've got planned for the coming year. Don't forget about the Nature Shades Along casting on on January the 14th. Please go over to the Knit British website to the show notes and read all about how you can join in with that cal and what you need to know and also check out brityarn.co.uk for all your British wool needs and also check out Isla's blog early in the new year too and I hope that whatever you get up to this Christmas that you are warm that you have a peaceful time and that your knitting is never far away all the very best and take good care Thanks for listening to the Knit British Podcast. To find out more, visit www.knitbritish.net. You can email me, louise, at knitbritish.net. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at knit underscore British. And I'm on Ravelry as Lira.